0: Welcome to the Authentic Church Podcast with Jeff and Fawn Peterson in Orange County, California, where our mission is simply to love God, love people, and live authentic. For more information on Authentic Church, visit us online at authenticoc.com. Thank you for listening. Hey, what's up, everybody? I'm so honored that you're joining us today. We're going to be jumping into part three of our series, Warriors Arise, Warriors Arise. Part one was, Lord, give us eyes to see. Part two was ears to hear. And today we're going to talk about a mind that understands. And next week, we'll talk about a heart to believe. You know, we're in the middle of an election cycle, uh, which is always an interesting season, but I don't know that it's ever been as interesting as it is right now, you know, and I don't believe the church should be political per se, but when politics start to dictate how the church should run, uh, what a pastor is allowed to say, uh, if we cannot or we can sing in a church, Uh, In those situations, I do believe the church needs to take a stand. And we cannot allow the government to dictate the confines of our worship. Now, will we take every precaution? Will we be wise? Uh, Yes. Uh, But we're not going to allow a government official without legislation, without the People's Assembly making this decision, uh, just the single government official declaring, we're not going to allow them to declare that people cannot come to a church and that you're not allowed to sing in a church service. And I mean this respectfully. I I don't mean any disrespect uh, towards any government officials. We honor government officials. Uh, But when a government official is telling me to do something that's contrasting to the Word of God, I'm going to stand on the side of the Word of God. So, since we cannot meet in a church building, and since no one's uh, going to lease us a space right now, at the present time, Authentic Church is meeting in a beautiful park in Orange County, and that truly is God's church. First Chronicles 16, 32 for 33 says, Let the seas resound and all that is in it. Let the fields be jubilant and everything in them. Let the trees of the forest sing. Let them sing for joy before the Lord. And you know, this is a moment in history where the wheat is being separated from the chaff in the body of Christ. The fans of Jesus are being separated from the true followers of Jesus. And you know, with us having church outside in a park or at the beach, you know, it's not a protest against something, but it's a stand for someone, and his name is Jesus. The church cannot be silent, and Christians need to live What they've been singing about—it's time to take a stand. And I'm so encouraged of all the stories that we've been hearing throughout California, our great state, uh, where churches are taking a stand. And that's what we're doing right now at Authentic Church. You know, we have a simple mission, and our mission is to love God, love people, and live authentic. And I don't get up and make a political speech. But I will say the First Amendment is very clear on this, that Congress shall make no law that prohibits the free exercise of my religion. So if Costco's, if movie theaters, if casinos can be open, and they are, I would argue that so can churches, and so should churches. You know, people will say, well, this is a unique time in history. Yeah, and I get that, and it is. But my question is this, when is the next unique time in history? What then? You know, right now they're labeling it a health concern, yet I can get on an airplane, and I have, with circulated air, fly with total strangers, you know, up to 200 on my last flight, for hours and hours, shoulder to shoulder, and that's okay. But singing in churches, gathering in believers is not—I mean, look, I was born at night, but it wasn't last night. You know, I can protest. I can, you know, even— You know, apparently you can burn down police cars, but you can't gather with believers for the fire of the Holy Spirit. Come on, man. You know, there is a spirit that is behind all of this, and its message is fear and control, which is opposite to the Christian belief system where we stand on faith and freedom, right? So I'm proud of all the people that call Authentic Church home that continue to gather with us on Wednesday nights or Sunday mornings. And I'm proud of them for coming out. You know, people that got their families out of bed on a Sunday morning and said, you know what? We're gonna go out to church today at a park. And just by being there, they're making a difference. And I hope wherever you're at, wherever you might be listening to this podcast, I hope that you are gathering the courage to stand up and do something. Now, I understand if you have health concerns or what have you, and, and you have pre-existing conditions, absolutely. Stay home, catch it online, listen to a podcast, watch a YouTube video, etc. Praise God we live in a society in a day and age where with the click of a button, I can listen to some of the best preachers and teachers in the body of Christ. But to those of us that can gather, I'm telling you, we should gather. And I have a message for you today that I pray will build you up. I pray that your faith would be so stirred today uh, that it activates your tomorrow. God doesn't want us to go to church. He called us to be the church. And God doesn't give you just a vision That wakes you up, but I pray that God shares something with you today that keeps you up. So I'm gonna start out today, I'm gonna pray, and then we're gonna jump into the Word of God together, all right? God, I thank you that we live in a free country. I thank you, Lord, that uh, our speech uh, would be free, our prayer that we'd be able to gather together and pray to worship. I pray for the freedoms that we hold dear. And God, I pray, Father, for backbones uh, in the circles of Christianity among pastors and preachers and leaders, Lord God. God, I pray that you would give us, as we gather together on this podcast episode today, give us spiritual eyes to see. Give us ears to hear. Give us a mind that would understand and hearts to believe. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, we are in week three of our series, Warriors Arise. And if you missed the first two weeks, you can jump on the podcast and previous episodes. uh, They're up there. Also encourage you to subscribe to our podcast. That way you're notified automatically anytime a new podcast is released. And you know, the big idea of today's message is that we need understanding. We need the mind that understands. And so um, we're going to take a look in Luke chapter 24 about a great story. It's one of my favorite accounts in the Bible, Luke chapter 24. You know, the book of Luke and the book of Acts were written by Luke, (laughs) Dr. Luke. Luke is, is all about the words and the works of Jesus, and Acts is about the works of the Holy Spirit. So he wrote both, the book of Luke, the gospel of Luke, and then he wrote the book of Acts. And in chapter... 24, we're reading, and it comes where Jesus is crucified, he's buried, and everyone's mourning his death, but they forgot that this day was coming in chapter 24, and it's Resurrection Sunday. And some of his followers obeyed him and stayed in Jerusalem, and a few disobeyed him, and they left. <laughs> okay? And we're going to read about two who left. We're going to read about two guys that, that took off. Well, we, we don't know if they're two guys. It could be a guy and his wife, or uh, but two followers of Christ. And we're going to read about what happened. In Luke 24, it says this. It's the famous road to Emmaus. And in Luke 24, verse 13, it says, that same day, so the same day when Jesus rose from the dead, that same day, two of Jesus' followers were walking to the village of Emmaus, which is about seven miles from Jerusalem. And as they walked along, they're talking about everything that had happened. And as they talked and discussed these things, Jesus himself suddenly came and began walking with him. But God kept them from recognizing him, so they didn't know that it was Jesus. And Jesus asked them, he says, hey, what are you guys discussing so intently as you're walking along? So Jesus is kind of messing with them here, right? They stop short, and sadness is written across their faces, it says in verse 17. Then one of them, Cleopas, replied, you must be the only person in Jerusalem who hasn't heard about all these things that have happened here the last few days, And Jesus is like, wow, really? What things? right? So he's messing with them. And they said, the things that happened to Jesus, the man from Nazareth, he was a prophet who did powerful miracles, and he was a mighty teacher in the eyes of God and all the people. But our leading priests and other religious leaders handed him over to be condemned to death, and they crucified him. We had hoped that he was the Messiah who had come to rescue Israel. This all happened just... Three days ago, and again, they're, they're sad, you know, they're, they're disappointed. They just want to interject the text here. You know, sometimes we can become so focused on our own disappointment that we fail to see Jesus working. Can anyone relate to this? I know I can. You know, times when maybe I didn't get the job or the project that I hoped for or the house Fawn and I were looking to buy fell through or dealing with drama or some extended family issues. You know, I I, I have allowed myself in the past to be overwhelmed with disappointment, and it robbed me of my joy, and it robbed me from my perspective of being able to see what God might have been doing around me and really what God was doing in me. And because I was so focused on the disappointment that I was facing, I failed to see Jesus in those moments. I don't know if you can relate at all. Hopefully you can't, but I'm guessing most of you listening to this probably can. Here's a life hack. Praise God when you don't get what you want, because I promise you he has something better. I want to encourage you today, no matter what's going on in life, no matter where you're at with this crazy pandemic, no matter where you're at with all the craziness of the election cycle, I want to encourage you right now. You're going to make it. Okay? It's going to work out. God's got you. Friday's disappointment was Sunday celebration. Okay? So here we are in Luke, in chapter 24, and we're going to jump down to verse 22. It says, Then some women from our group of his followers were at his tomb early that morning. And they came back with an amazing report. They said his body was missing. These are the guys talking to Jesus on the road to Emmaus. They had seen angels, apparently, who told them that Jesus was alive. And some of our men men ran out to see, And sure enough, his body was gone, just as the women had said. And I just want to encourage you ladies that are listening to this. I want to reiterate that we need you. Many times in families, it's the wife who seeks after God first And then the husband comes second. Why is that? Because a lot of times us men are prideful, okay? We don't want to admit help. That's why when my wife says, hey, I can pull up directions, and I say, no, I got this. I figure it out, all right? The women are usually the first to say, we need directions. (laughs) The guys are the first to say, I'm trying to figure it out here. When I exhaust all my other avenues, then I'll ask directions. Sometimes I can do that with God, all right? And then in verse 25, jumping back into the text, it says, when Je- Then Jesus said to them, You foolish people, you find it so hard to believe all that the prophets wrote in the Scriptures. Wasn't all of this clearly predicted that the Messiah would have to suffer all these things before entering his glory? And then in verse 27, it says, Then Jesus took them through the writings of Moses and all the prophets, explaining from all the Scriptures the things concerning himself. So what's Jesus doing here? He's taking scriptures from the Old Testament, all the scriptures pointing to himself. I don't know exactly what he shared, but I'm guessing he probably, it does say that he shared from the writings of Moses. So that would have been out of Exodus. And in Exodus chapter 12, it tells the Passover story. It tells about how they would have to, the, there would be a, a sacrificial lamb and they would take the blood of the lamb and they would they would take that blood and smear it over their doorposts And he probably shared how the blood of Jesus, their Messiah, would be shed for them. Maybe Jesus took him to Genesis 13, or excuse me, Genesis 3, chapter 15, that the Messiah would be born of a woman in Micah five, two, where it said the Messiah would be born in Bethlehem. And Jesus probably is having conversation with them as they're walking again, they're walking for a great distance, you know, seven miles outside of Jerusalem is the distance from there to, to Emmaus. And you now if you walk seven miles, it's going to be a few hours. So he had plenty of time to talk to them. So he probably said something like, don't you recall that the Messiah would be born in Bethlehem? Like it said in Micah five, two, and they probably go, Yeah. Yeah, there was something. And then Jesus probably said, Wasn't the this Jesus character guy that you're talking about, didn't it say that he was born in Bethlehem? Didn't, didn't his mom didn't she share something about that? Oh, you know what? Yeah, actually he did. And then you know, Jesus probably said something that, you know, like Isaiah, you know, 7 14, the prophet Isaiah, it said the Messiah would be born of a virgin. Didn't Jesus' mom Mary didn't she share that story about how she was a virgin and that he was she was miraculously uh, carrying the child of God? Oh, you know what? Yeah, Mary, she did say that. And then Hosea 11:1 1 that the Messiah Messiah would spend a season in Egypt, did, didn't they talk about how Jesus, when he was a, a boy, they fled to Egypt? Oh, you know what? Yeah, his mom did say that. And, and don't you guys remember the prophet Jeremiah, you know, prophet Jeremiah in 31, 15, that there would be, it, it, Jeremiah prophesied that there would be a massacre of children who that would happen at the Messiah's birthplace. Wasn't there a big massacre that happened where all the baby boys of that area were murdered because uh, they were so worried that the, the, the ruler was so worried that the Messiah was coming the the chosen king to take his place so he ordered that all those kids would be be murdered yeah 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 isn't it isn't it wild that you don't see any any young boys that grew up to be men that Jesus has real no peers because he's the only one in his age group the next next group is younger than him? Oh, yeah. You know, I forgot about that. Maybe Jesus took him to Isaiah 40, verse 3, where it said a messenger would prepare the way. Didn't he have that cousin, that crazy guy, John the Baptist? Oh, yeah. You know what? I guess he did. What about Isaiah 9, verse 1 and 2, where it said the, the Messiah would be a light in Galilee? Didn't he go up to Galilee and spend a lot of time up at the lake? Oh, you know what? He did. Uh, maybe Jesus shared Zechariah 9, 9, where it said the Messiah would be called a king. Didn't you guys call him a king and wave these palm branches in front of him? Yeah, we did, just just last week. And then in Zechariah 11, 12 through 13, it said the Messiah would be betrayed and that the money would be used to buy a field. Didn't one of your guys, one of the followers, which one was that? That Judas guy? Didn't he do that? Oh yeah, you know what he did? In in Psalms 35, 19, where it said the Messiah would be hated without cause. He seemed like he lived a perfect sinless life, yet he was hated at the end and they were all shouting crucify him. Don't you remember? Yeah, you know what? And that, there was no cause for that. Isaiah 53, 12, where it said the Messiah would be crucified isn't that what happened to your Savior, Jesus? Yeah, he was crucified. Zechariah 12.10, where it said the Messiah's hands and feet would be pierced. Isaiah fifty three nine, where it said that he would be buried with the rich people. Wasn't he buried in a rich person's tomb? Yes, yes, he was. And then Psalm 16.10 and Psalms 49.15, where it said the Messiah would resurrect from the dead. Didn't he say all of these things? And they were saying, yes, yes. And I want to encourage you, remember, this is Jesus, that they don't know this is Jesus, and Jesus is sharing the word with them. It's the word sharing the word. The author of life is sharing the word of life. And I want to encourage you today that faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of God. Hearing and hearing and hearing. Romans 10 17. My pastor, Pastor Wendell Smith, would say, Faith, he would say it all the time. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. That's why it's important to get into the word of God so that the word of God can get into you. All right, let me calm down here on this podcast. Verse 28, (laughs) by this time, they were nearing Emmaus and they were at the end of their journey. And so Jesus, he messes with him. He acts as if he's going on. So he's like, peace, see you later. You guys enjoy, It's great walking with you. But in verse 29, it says, but they begged him, stay the night with us since it's getting late. So he goes home with them and they sat down to eat. And Jesus took the bread and he blessed it. And he broke it and he gave it to them. And suddenly their eyes were opened and they recognized him. And at that moment he disappeared. And then in verse 32, it said these words They said to each other, Didn't our hearts burn within us as you talked with us on the road and explained the scriptures. And suddenly, Their eyes were opened. They could see with their physical eyes. They heard with their physical ears, but they didn't have the revelation. They didn't understand until revelation came. So I want to encourage us today, warriors arise, church, rise up. God is charging us to have eyes to see and ears to hear, minds that understand and hearts that believe. God wants to open the eyes of your understanding today. You know, there's a difference between knowing and understanding. It's one thing to know about God. It's another thing to truly know God. God doesn't want us to just know a bunch of facts from a book or, or memorize different scriptures and texts, although I think that is great. He wants us to really know the author. You know, many people know about God. They know something about Jesus, but they don't truly know Jesus. I'm a fan of uh, classic cars. And, uh, you know, I don't know if you like classic cars, maybe an old vintage Mustang or Corvette. Uh, you know, I like the the Chevy SS Camaros, you know, with the hidden headlights, that, that series that came out back in the 70s. It was like the ultimate style muscle, you know, and they didn't really make that Uh, the hidden headlight version in a convertible. But if you could get like a 69 black SS Camaro with the hidden headlights, black on black, maybe do a custom convertible top, that's like a dream car of mine, okay? But my favorite of all time probably has to be the old vintage Broncos like the 1974 Bronco fully restored with some big 35 inch tires on it that to me is the ultimate a buddy of mine recently did a massive restoration for a friend of his where his friend dropped off an old Bronco that needed desperate work and then my buddy with a few guys in his shop totally redid this Bronco through like I don't know 20 or 30 thousand dollars into it and the owner had no input that was their deal his buddy could not have any input on the color scheme, um, the, the interior, all this stuff. And he did this massive, you know, like Bronco makeover and he showed me pictures of it. And I'm like drooling, right? Well, Psalms 119, 130 says, you know, the unfolding of your words, it gives life. It imparts understanding to the simple, you know, I, I might know about the 1974 Bronco, but my buddy that did the full restoration, he had the understanding to be able to bring it together. He had the, not, not only the knowledge... He had the understanding of really how to I I can know a little bit about things, but I don't have the knowledge to be able to apply them. And to be able to apply them, apply them correctly is where you get wisdom. You know, Proverbs 3, verse 5 through 6, it says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart, and do not lean on your understanding, and all your ways acknowledge him, and he will make straight your paths. Jeremiah 33, verse 3 says, Call to me. And I will answer you and tell you great and unsearchable things that you do not yet know. And I believe that that's what God is doing now. He's waiting for us to call to him and he's going to answer us. And he's going to tell us things that we don't yet know. And he's going to light the path and lead us along ways and make those ways straight that we don't really understand yet. So it's really important for us in this season especially as authentic church, to really be pressing into God. You know, Jesus came up to the two people on the road. He walked with them. He listened to them. He asked them questions. And by the way, when, when Jesus asked a question, it's not because he doesn't know the answer. Okay? He, he talked with them about things that he already knew. He, he, the time that he spent with them was for their benefit, not his and as I prayed uh, for our congregation this week and preparing for this message, I asked the Holy Spirit, I said, what do you want to say to your people? And you know what he said to me? He said, tell them I want to take a walk with them. God wants to take a walk with you. He wants you to share all the things that you want to share. He wants to hear your heart. He wants to hear your pain. And he wants to share his heart with you to bring healing perspective and understanding in conclusion with today's podcast, you know, the the big idea is that you gain understanding by spending time with God. And I just want to encourage you this week, take a walk with God, take a walk with him. I did this with each one of my kids. I, I grabbed each one of them one by one. And we took a walk with God and I, and I, I led them a little bit and then I let them just kind of walk by themselves. But when we started out, I just want to encourage them to take a walk with God. And so we walked, I walked with Brighton and, and, uh, and I encourage you, you know, just, you know, if you don't know where to start, the best place to start is just by thanking God, start thanking him for different things in your life. Thank him for the trees, thank him for life, thank him for where you live, thank him for the fact that you got legs and, and you can take a walk, thank him that you have a voice that you can lift your voice and pray and worship and talk to him. Thank, thank him that you have a mind that understands, you know. Thank, start to thank God for different things as you take a walk. And then as you do, you start to walk and you talk, and then you start to listen as you walk. And, you know, in verse 30 of the text that we read today, you know, Jesus broke bread with them, and immediately their eyes were opened, and then they had understanding. As a congregation, uh, we have a, a normal practice, and as a family, we have a normal practice where we take communion. And maybe you're at a place where, you know what, you, you haven't heard the voice of God. Uh, you don't have a mind that really understands. Things Things kind of seem foggy. I want to encourage you today to get right with God, and then part of getting right with God, I also want to encourage you to take communion. When we take communion, we're, we're remembering uh, Jesus' body that was broken, remembering the blood that was shed for the forgiveness of our sins. So I want to encourage you to do that. And communion, It can, oftentimes it can be a, a somber time as we reflect on things in our life. Maybe we're, we recall some of the shortcomings and we confess some sin that we've been struggling with. But uh, for others, it's also a time of great celebration that we can celebrate, that we have eternal life. We have entrance into the throne room of the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords, that we have this unbroken fellowship with Jesus. And that's our goal as believers, that we want to have unbroken fellowship with Jesus. So if you need prayer for anything, I want to tell you as a church, we pray. Um, If you need salvation and you need to recommit your life to Christ, I want to encourage you to do so and make that decision. Um, If you have a prayer need specifically, you can go on our website, AuthenticOC.com, and you can fill out our contact information there and list out a prayer that you might have, and somebody from our prayer team will reach out to you, and every single week, we pray on Monday nights, we have intercessory prayer, we pray over those needs, and uh, I want to encourage you to do so, and lastly, I just want to share this with you, you know, Jesus didn't call you to be a convert, he called you to be a disciple, and part of being a disciple is being baptized. And you know, just as the two followers of Christ experienced Him, and immediately uh, they they went on to share what God had done. This is what we're doing with baptisms, where you're immediately sharing with the world what God has done that you that you were crucified in with Christ. That, you, that the old sinful life is dead and buried and you're raising up in newness of life. And if you've never been water baptized, we want to baptize you. Uh, and you can reach out to us again on our website and we'll do that. Uh, but I pray God would bless you and keep you. I pray that he would make his face shine upon you with favor and be gracious to you, surrounding you with his loving kindness. I pray the Lord lift up his countenance, his face towards you with divine approval and give you peace. God bless you. Have an awesome, awesome week.